Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, still in summertime, but I know school is beginning to gear up, and, and we're moving. I, I, I have this habit of asking kids, hey, you're excited? And this morning I had this going on, and I have some kids are excited. You just, know, you just don't know. Uh, some are excited about it. But parents, are you excited about school starting? Yeah. <laughs> that's, always, that's always a given. Uh, I got to tell you, when we were at youth home, we had, a, uh, we had blaring, uh, I think it was the Handel's Messiah, uh, a parade going on while the kids were being taken away in the bus, and we were kind of doing a celebration of, ah, well, we had a great, you know, gr- summer is a, a great opportunity always, and I hope you've enjoyed your family, spent time with your family. We're welcoming some back who's been gone for some time, and, and I know there's many who are gone this morning trying to get in that vacation time before kids go back. We, we continue on this uh, series, What's Love Got to Do With It? By now, we know the answer to that. Actually, when we started, we know the answer uh, to that if, if we know and understand the gospel. It's, it's all about love. The reason Jesus came into this world is because of love. The reason he went to the cross is because of love. And, and so we've been answering that. Actually, what we've been trying to do is just talk through the great, difficult call to love, right? It's, it's in everything we've been looking at. I, I consider the things, just, just a little short review of some of the things that we've gone through, like Matthew 5, where Jesus said, uh, love your enemies, it wasn't, you know, we were already called to love God. Okay, that, that seems like a given. We're going to love God, but also to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Well, even the Samaritans are a neighbor, and, and to look at that. And, and even beyond that, Jesus said in that Sermon on the Mount that we have to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. That, so, so that load is heavy when there is that call for us to love. Uh, and, and Jesus did it well. Jesus did well, and we've, we've been seeing it. Some of the passages we've looked at specifically dealt with those stories of Jesus. There was, there was the woman who was caught in adultery, bought, brought by the religious leaders there in Jerusalem, and, and they wanted to say, hey, are you going to respond? Are you going to follow what Moses said in the law? You know, we're going to stone her. We're going to execute her right here. And Jesus said those words, you know, the, the one guilty, of, the one who, who has no sin, May they be the one who starts this process. You cast the first stone. And they all left. And Jesus gave forgiveness. I, I, you know, they, they didn't condemn you, and neither do I. And, and so that's difficult in itself. But then we, we watched also the Samaritans who were, I'll just say it again, they were hated by the Jews and, but Jesus, instead of taking the long way around, went right through Samaria. Jews didn't do that. They, he went to that, that Jacob's well, and there he had that, that meeting with the, the Samaritan woman. And it was a tough, uh, matter of fact, Matthew's point in that is, is there was tension in that conversation. Just reading through it, you could tell she had no place talking to him, and he had no place talking to her, and he was right there in the conversation. And what did he do? He said, man, he, he, he let her know that he is the source of that living water. If you just ask me, I'm that source of the living water. And also offered her, say, man, that place of worship is going to be in spirit and truth. No longer a location like in Jerusalem at the temple. So there's things that he revealed to her. A Samaritan woman. I, I want you to be wowed by Jesus in the places that he would go. 
We really need to be wowed by him. Uh, along with here recently, we dealt with that passage where Jesus find, you know, is found in that tax collector's home of all places. And, and then uh, not only tax collectors, but sinners. And of course, the religious leaders had difficulty with that. And, and I, just to remind you, one thing that we pulled from that in looking at the, the Pharisees, in this passage, how they were so critical and, and, and in their own self-righteousness, so judgmental over Jesus. There's no reason he should have been there. How many he's in there with tax collectors and sinners? What is he doing? And it was that self-righteous attitude. And, and, and again, just to remind you, that self-righteous attitude is, is something that will absolutely defeat any kind of love we're called to. That's not a good place to start. Uh, and, and there's no way we're going to fulfill that love we're called to with any kind of self-righteousness working in us. So it's something we, we continuously need to look at. Is there a self-righteousness working in me? Because if there is, that love is going to be impossible to fulfill. Loving enemies, loving those uh, who are sinners and, and otherwise. We also looked at Jesus. The extent and places he went. And I, I think this one phrase is what, what we learned from that is G, wherever Jesus went there was ministry. He reached out to people. He loved people, whether it was tax collector's home or in the temple. It didn't matter. Jesus, for Jesus, wherever he went was ministry. And for us, followers of Jesus, that's our story too. It's not happening here. The encouragement, the strength of building one another up happens here. But when we leave here, man, it is to those ministries all week long. How would you do this last week? How'd you do this last week? Was there ministry going on? Was there outreach? Was there loving people who need the love of Jesus? Did we do that? Jesus absolutely loved well. He, he, he definitely loved the, the Jews, but he loved the sinners, the tax collectors, the Samaritans. Uh, even evidence there, there that he absolutely loved Romans, especially dying on the cross. He made it very clear he loved you and I. <laughs> His love was amazing. So what's love got to do with it? I, my answer is always everything. Everything. God is love. Our topic today, we're, we're still dealing with those difficult things. And today, uh, the, the topic of racism. The topic, I, I didn't know how, how else to uh, uh, identify or title this sermon except facing racism. And that was my point uh, from the beginning. How would Jesus... Uh, have addressed racism in his day. And I think we see, you know, already throughout the summer months, the passages we're going through, I don't think it's any different than he would have treated the Jews or, or, or uh, the tax collectors, sinners, or, or any other ethnic group during that time. I, I think we see Jesus loving everyone. And, and so that, that would be an easy answer. But this morning... I, I wanted to focus our attention, especially over this last year, right, of the tension that has just exploded in this area. But I wanted us, from a biblical perspective, to answer these questions. What, what is it we need to know, and how must we act as followers of Christ? How must we act as followers of Christ? I'm going to start here. Racism is a sin. <laughs> Surprised? I, I think we're all on the same page. Racism is a sin. And, and, and matter of fact, in our history, as I've said always, man, the world is full of ugliness and sinfulness, and our history is full of ugliness and sinfulness. 
when it comes to that racism, the idea of the Holocaust, you know, the genocide or the execution of Jews, genocide in Rwanda and, and, and Bosnia and, and, and different places within my lifetime, uh, we see going on. Uh, genocide because of ethnic or, or even religious purposes. In our own nation, we talk about the slavery uh, the, the ugliness of slavery. And, and we are talking about a different, uh, we, I, I think I've dealt with this in, in sermons before. There is a, a difference in the slavery then. It's almost like it, within the scriptures, there is a kind of slavery that was more like your slavery to MasterCard or to Visa, right? They own part of you till you pay it back. You know, that was that kind of slavery. The, the slavery that, that we know of, that we're familiar with, is, is an abduction and a selling against the will of, 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 of people. Racism is basically a separation. It is that idea of one group is superior over another. And in our own nation, we know, we know of that black and white. That black and white, 1960s. The 1960 year I was born. Uh, the civil rights movement. It was that time because there was laws, you know, Jim Crow was always mentioned and there was laws established that kept us separate. You know, this, you could drink from this and, and white people drink from this or there's a bathroom here for, for you and a, a bathroom here for you. We're, we're keeping those things separated. And it is that idea of one group is superior over another. You are inferior. And, and that is, is it, even in our thinking, is racist. To look at someone else and think that you, you aren't up here where we are. It, it, is, it is racist in our thinking. Biblically, I think it's real important this morning. Here's where I want to get into the scriptures and, and use this just throughout this thought. And it really is a simple thought, but it's how we were created that I want to remind you. Our Monday morning group has recently gone through this. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, 26 through 28. I just want to read that for you. Remind you of, of even our creation. Of, of, and I believe right there is where we could identify what the problem or even the sinfulness and racism. Here it is. In the midst of creation, God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male, female, he created them. Here, here it is in the beginning. Our creation. And, and is it not significant that he says in the creation of humanity that let us make man in our own image? Man and woman. That we are created in God's image. That's significant. How, how does that, in, in my own mind, I see that unfolded in the fact of, uh, just think about our creativity. The ability with the things we do with music and, and, and putting notes together and words together to, to create song and, and poetry and, and, and even paintings, you know, in, in that place of art, but also creativity, the, the idea of the buildings we've created, and, and air conditioning. Don't you love air conditioning? <laughs> uh, just, just all those things. And then, you know, being able to travel, to think about the places we could go now, uh, you know, the vehicles, the, the, you know, the boats, the, even, even, I mean, 
traveling distances to the moon and, and even farther. Those kind of things. Man, look what we've been able to do. But it's not only that. I, I believe we're created in that image in our relation, how, how we are relational. The ability to love and, and to be in, in a unity together. See, that was God. That was God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, he says, let us make man in our image. There is an absolute unity going on that he desires out of his creation, the image, those who are uh, the image of God, made in our, his image. I, I just heard this phrase recently, image bearers. Have you heard that? But it really especially struck me that, that when you see another human being, no matter color or race or, or, or any, anything about that, even the sinfulness, that they are still in that created in the image of God. Created, and what's significant about that, I believe, comes in James. Um, James chapter 3. It's in that ch chapter that speaks about tongue. You know, the evil of tongue. That, that thing in your mouth is, is, is spoken in, in the book of James is just, man, that's an evil thing. Because out of that mouth comes, comes words that are hurtful and, and, and even the direction it goes in is, is destructive. In verse 9 of James chapter 3, here's what, uh, what he says about the tongue. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. The next verse, he says, it should never be that way. Both praise and, and cursing. And, and think about it. We, we are here to praise. And we sing the songs. And, and, and we pray. And we, we talk about his word. And, and our whole mindset is to give God praise. But there is something wrong if we walk away from here and look at another person and lay out curses or, or even uh, throw hatred in that direction or even see them as inferior than ourselves. Why? Because they're made in God's image. So how can that mix? I'm praising God and yet I'm looking at something, someone who bears his image and I'm treating them as inferior or even hating them, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way, the Scripture says. Matter of fact, Jesus made it clear that call to love, just to remind you where we are. We are called to love, called to love God, called to love our, our neighbor or others as ourselves. You know, that Matthew chapter 22, we are, we are called to love and he's revealed that love to us. I think in part it's going to be very important to say this, that humanity itself, okay, apart from God, humanity definitely moves to, to fix this problem, don't they? I mean, we see it. Matter of fact, uh, and, and, the, and it, there's some good in laws. I mean, amendments have been created to our Constitution. The 13th Amendment ended slavery. Yay. The 14th Amendment granted citizenship. Yay, brought, is bringing freedoms to all who are here, right? No matter race or ethnicity. And, and in the 15th Amendment gave that right to vote. I mean, that, that is a move by our government to, to, to do things that are right, to, to establish in our laws that there is freedom for all. But humanity cannot cure our sin problems. Because of the amendments, are we gonna, does, that, does that extinguish racism? Absolutely not. It does not. 
Humanity is going to have their pursuits, and I will, I will tell you that humanity cannot cure our sin problems. It cannot cure our sin problems. It cannot remove guilt of the hatred within us, and it cannot remove the shame or, or the hatred that comes from, from racism. It cannot heal the hurts or mend bitter hearts. Humanity cannot. And here's a problem. I want to be clear on this. I want to go back to that uh, James chapter 3. Within the context of it, what it said about, you know, our, we're praising God on one hand and then we're cursing man on another. It shouldn't be happening. Where does that come from? Verses 14 and 15 says, If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. When we talk about humanity taking care or, or remedy, being a remedy to racism, is it possible? I, I, I think the evidence we see working in this world is no. There are those who, who will leverage both the genuine guilt and hurt of racism, genuine hurt, and, and, and guilt of racism, because it goes on uh, for the purpose of gaining power. They will, they will use the sinfulness for the purpose of gaining power. And if it were completely remedied, there goes their power. So is it, are, are they trying to heal? I don't think so. Both personal or political power, and, and, and that motivation, that move is evil. It is just blatantly evil. I don't care what party you're from. If, if they're using tactics, uh, racism, uh, for their means of advancing. I don't, I don't, I'm talking, you know, as a nation, as, as a community, if, if they're using it, they're, they're not looking to heal. What they're looking is just to gain advantage. The beginning of that verse said, you know, it, it, it is selfish ambition or, or bitter envy. And I think a lot of what we see happening today is motivated by that. Therefore, it's coming out of earthly, uh, 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 unspiritual, and demonic. That's worldly, that's worldly help. That's worldly help. Their focus isn't on, on, on healing, but it's on power. I think it's important for us to understand that. So be careful. It cannot, can I just say be careful what you're listening to? Be careful what you're If you're listening to more... Uh, you know, uh, news and more television and YouTube and things like that as, as opposed, or, you know, at, instead of God's word, to, to measure it by, to follow it, that we could get caught up in some of the things that, that, uh, that's happening in this world. When it comes to the scripture, there's, there's only one way for healing and forgiveness. Ha. <laughs> There is only one way for true healing and forgiveness. I, that includes racism or anything else. And that is to return to what God created. I mean, that's been God's movement in this world, right? We are not created for racism. We are not created for racism. We are not created for lust. We are not created for greed. We're not created to be self-centered. We are not created for, let's continue the list of sinfulness. Those are not the things that we are created for. And what God has done in history, what we see in his word, is that God has acted to restore his good creation, right? And man, he has done it, 
you know, by, by pursuing us. And it is that good news, that gospel message we have in Jesus Christ. And oh man, there's so many places I could have gone to. This was part of my wrestling this week. Where do I go to talk about Jesus? The remedy for racism. <clears throat> Where do I go in, in the gospels? I mean, I, I, I did, did think about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18. You write that down, read it later. It's about reconciliation. God has reconciled us. And it was through Jesus. Reconciled, renewed, remaking us. Uh, the whole thing, we are, we are becoming that new creation. That new creation. Matter of fact, even thinking about what, what are we looking forward to when, when we're all gathered and this life is over and we have a new beginnings. Uh, uh, Revelation 7-9 gives us an idea of what, what's going to be seen. Uh, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every, every, listen, every nation, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That, that's the end result. We're all going to be gathered together. Do you think we're going to be standing there thinking, looking at somebody else and say, what are they doing here? <laughs> what? Oh, would we ever do that? No way. Man, uh, that, that absolute unity is going to be recognized. It is what we have today through Jesus. It, 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 it's not just, boy, looking at the future, but that's what it's going to be. It's what we need to realize that we have today in Jesus. I want to read for you Romans uh, chapter 5. Like I say, another, another passage I, I think is significant when it talks about God restoring or bringing us back to the original when, when creation, when things were perfect. Man, we're going to look forward, and, and he's going to fulfill all this. And verse 18 says, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people. Think about this. Uh, is, is there anyone who could even think of themselves superior? No, we're all flawed in sinfulness. I don't know whether racism has been something you've struggled with or a sin that you're dealing with right now. Uh, or, or whatever the sin is, here's the truth about all of us. All of us are condemned because of our sinfulness. That's who we are. Let's, let, that's our identity. We are sinners. We are sinners. Because it started a long time ago through one man, is what the Scripture is say, saying. Uh, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the dis disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. That's the good news. All of us have to identify as sinners. We are imperfect and unworthy of God. And yet, because we all identify with that, that sinfulness through one man, but also through one man, here's what Paul's saying, through Jesus Christ, we've been brought to a place to be justified. Are you serious? Uh, to know and embrace the righteousness of Jesus, therefore being back in a right relationship with God. And it's only through Jesus, that one man, that we, we come back into that relationship with God. Oh, amen. Okay. We need to get excited about the right things. When it comes to the gospel, I, I, I will say it every week. It is, we're here because of the gospel. 
It's not because you're good people. You're good people. I love you. <laughs> I don't want to say otherwise. But it's not because you're good people. It's not because you do everything right. Matter of fact, there's sinfulness throughout. There's sinfulness here. Good grief. There's sinfulness, brokenness here. I am dependent upon Jesus. You are dependent upon Jesus. He is the one who will restore and remove the ugliness of sinfulness. Washed away through his blood. Isn't that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Here's what his grace has brought us to. Here's what the story of Jesus has brought us to. Paul says in Galatians 3, 26, 27, this is a familiar verse. He said, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That is, that is one of the most radical verses that would have been in that New Testament time that's spoken. Most radical things. I mean, all the divisions that were established at that time, all those barriers were broken down through what? Only through Jesus. All the barriers that we ever see and that, that we've ever constructed need to be broken down if Jesus is our Savior. They're removed they're removed. And we have that opportunity now to begin to look at everyone, no matter their race, no matter their color, no matter where they're from, the complete opposite end of the world, then say, there is an image bearer, and, and realize who we all are. We're people of God. We're people of God. So it's our end result. Hey, it, it, it continues to be the same thing. We are to live with the attitude of Jesus. The last point is this, is we are to live with that attitude of Jesus Christ. Which, which means, I, I always come to this word because it's, it's, I believe it's, if you are a true believer, then humility is something that's embraced every day, right? When, when we talk, it said the only way that we're able to, to receive Jesus or receive salvation is only through Jesus there's no way you're ever going to achieve it on your own. There's no way. So how could we be anything but humble before God? And humility is that place to start. I mean, life is filled with repentance. The way I, I've dealt with people in the past, there's been repentance. And even my life now and your life now ought to be like David pra David's prayer. What was that? God, see if there be any wickedness in me. I might not be aware of it, but God, hey, he's willing to reveal it if we're paying attention. So that was one of David's prayers. God, see if there's that wickedness that exists within me. Reveal it. Open it to my eyes, and, and Lord, so that I could repent and, and, and turn that around. That's Jesus working in, in you and I. How are we ever going to live like Jesus unless we start, you know, unless he's revealing and working and, and, and changing who I am to become more like him. Isn't that right? I will tell you, I just, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. I, on, on, uh, uh, it, was, it was Wednesday morning. Two days of, of preparation for this. And, and on, on Wednesday morning, I was I just gripped with fear. Bet, no better way to put it. And so what I thought, is, and, and the end result was, I'm just not prepared. I'm not ready to preach this. I, I'm just going to put it off. What fluffy sermon can I preach this coming Sunday? <laughs> that was just kind of, what, what is it? I'll go back in my archives. I'll do whatever. 
And, and I, it was just that anxiety that, that thought, I, I, man, I'm just not going to be ready. And, and while I was in that thought, I had the, I had the idea just, just enter my mind to, to go talk to Dr. Larry Jones. Are you familiar with Dr. Larry Jones here in the community? Second Missionary Baptist Church. He's a brother. He's a, 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 a black minister here in our community. I, now, I know him through the Ministerial Alliance, and we've somewhat got acquainted, but I've never really sat down and, and, and talked to him. And, and so I, I, I just called him up. I said, man, is, is there some time I could spend with you? And so he, he had uh, some time on Thursday. and went over Thursday morning, and I'm so glad I did. I had the opportunity to sit down with Larry and say, man, I, I'm about ready to preach a sermon on racism, and I'm not ready. And, and it turns out Larry and I are pretty similar, similar in age. He's like three years younger than I am. But I, I said, tell me about you growing up. And, and so I, I listened to Larry's story. And in Larry's story, he said, I lived in that black part of town, and I was familiar with that. I'll just be honest with you, I was familiar with that terminology. There was that section of town, you know. There was that black section of town where people lived. So I, I, was, I praise God. I'm, I'm not familiar with that anymore, but I was familiar with what he was saying. He said, in that area, there was a lot of crime, and it was difficulty. We lived in a shotgun kind of house. I actually knew what that meant. A shotgun house is a lot, because Linda t- takes me to those remodel, you know, things. And so I knew what a shotgun house was. Long, narrow, no bedrooms kind of thing. He said, we could see the dirt through the floor. So he, he was raised in poverty, and the circumstances were rough, and there was no bitterness in his heart. I shared with him, and, and another term that, that I was familiar with, you know, there goes the neighborhood. When certain people move into your neighborhood, man, very, very separate, very terms that were just evil. And, and so we recognized some of those terminology, and we just talked. And he said in his high school, high school year, he moved to Wichita where his dad was living, and he went to high school. He said that was the first time he went to school with white kids. And, and uh uh, I, I, after we just talked about, you know, he talked about, man, the, he went through difficulties in his military service and other things, but, but Larry didn't have any ounce of bitterness in, in, in the things that we talked about. He didn't have any, any bitterness in his heart. And I said, Larry, what would you say to my congregation <laughs> in this topic? What would you say to my congregation in this topic? He said, man, we are, we are all created in God's image (laughs) that's where he went and I can't tell you I can't tell you how elated I was I I was thankful for that 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 man he had the same mindset why because he's in God's word and he knows man he is a creation of God and he's precious and I from that I just want to spend more time with him yeah I'm going to take him to lunch sometime uh, but we got to talking about our community and, and, and you know, how the world, oh, man, the world needs to see the church. Don't we talk about that? They need to see us out in our community and changing and living and, and being Christ. And, and then we have the white church, the black church, right? Uh, and, and predominantly white church, black church. And, and, and what do we do? You know, we just sat there and what did we do? I came up with an idea. I threw at him. I said, hey, what if we were to do a fellowship meal after church some Sunday? What if we maybe sometime in September as it gets a little cooler, 
just, you know, do the potluck thing. Maybe we'll provide some meat and, and, and meet at, at Fifth Street Park or some park here in the community. And certain time when you're done, when we're done, we'll, we'll just get together. And, and, and we will purposefully mix our congregations. And, 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 and only for this reason, because Jesus is our Savior. Only because, he, because we, we are in, in a relationship with those people. The, the, the people, I, those people, the, the people from that congregation, that sounded awful. From the people from that congregation, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I would love to, for us to sit down with them and to enjoy, break bread. How's that? It would be breaking bread. So, uh, I don't know, are, are you game for that? Would, would you come and, and, and be a part of that? And, and I would tell you, I'll, I'll do some reminding that, that the day we do that, I, he was, oh, I should tell you his response. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So, so uh, uh, be listening. We're, we're going to orchestrate time for both of us that we could do a, a lunch together. We're, you know, fellowship meal. We'll be bringing some things. I don't know how. I already told Linda, I said, hey, will you organize this? You know, I could announce it, and I could come up with the ideas, but I need someone to help bring the food, and you guys will help with that too. So we, we need to reveal to this community. You know, I love Larry. I already loved Larry, and, and, and there's many other uh, people from other congregations in this community we love. Why? Because Jesus is our Savior. The community needs to see the unity that we have, that, that what he does, what he does what he has done through his death and his resurrection. Amen? It's working in us. It's working in us. Let me remind you, this is where we've been. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, sin is, is racism is sinful. It's sinful. If it's working in you, man, it, it is time to uh, uh, seek Christ in that. That's brokenness. That's ugly. And, and we're not created for that. God has restored and he is, he is bringing reconciliation to, to all of us into a relationship with him. That's what he's done. He's made us a new creation so we could be in relationship with him. And there's no way that we're in a relationship with him if everything else looks ugly and hateful and rejecting. That's racism. So it's absolutely turning our backs on that hatred and learning to love as he is loved. We are to live with that attitude of Jesus Christ. I told Linda I remembered a song, you know, that we were taught when I was, when I was just a child. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That was one of the early things that I learned. Man. We are all made in God's image. Value that. No matter if, if it's your enemy, understand they are made in God's image. And move forward and do what's right. Do what's right on his behalf. That's your worship. Loving him, living for him every day. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. We praise you for his willing sacrifice upon the cross. Uh, man, we bring our brokenness to you and, 
And Lord, we want to be honest with you through, through the Spirit. Work on us, Lord. Reveal our sinfulness. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to, to bring it honestly before you. Only you are able to save. You're, you're able to remove the guilt. You're able to heal the hurt and, and bring us to this place of redemption. God, we're not worthy because of our sinfulness, but your love is evident because you gave him so willingly. We love you. We love you, God. We say it through our music. We say it through your word, but we want to say it through our lives and every day. We want to say it in, in how we love and respect uh, our brothers and sisters throughout this world who are made in your image. And Lord, for those who don't know you, Lord, may, may they see that grace and mercy working within us. And then, Lord, may we speak about the name of Jesus, about the grace and mercy that comes through him. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.